Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Gavin. And this is episode 30. Uh, I think this is the point in in your life where you're actually theoretically properly an adult now. Ah, yeah, well, more disappointment there, never mind. Mm-hmm. So since last time, well, last episode, we introduced the idea of democracy to the, <laughs> to the Fencing Podcast in a very limited way, obviously. Uh, and we introduced our Twitter poll to yeah. find coolest fencer on the planet. Mm-hmm. So our nominees were Sun Yuen, yes, Chinese Wim Zepius, who won, I can't remember which World Cup it was. Whichever one, doesn't matter. The USA men's foil team mm-hmm. won all the team World Cups this season. Mm-hmm. First male team ever to do that. Male team. First male team mm-hmm. ever to do that. The USA women's epi team, who won... Well, as far as we can tell, the first time ever. Yep, that's, that's certainly how it was uh, announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Maxime Poti, who won St. Petersburg. Yeah. So the people have spoken, mm-hmm. possibly largely French people, I suspect, because the <laughs> uh, French, French Federation um, did retweet our tweet and encourage people to vote. And Maxime Poti duly was pronounced the winner as coolest fencer on the planet. So congratulations to, to Maxime. And he was nice enough to go, well, thanks very much. And he was quite pleased. Yeah, he seemed very pleased, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, I know there's some, some people that it's kind of, I don't know if we, Maxime, if you're listening, can you tell me whether or not it was your mum and your auntie that were celebrating <laughs> on Twitter? <laughs> but we do like a nice family celebration. Yeah. So that's uh, that's good. So c- congratulations, Maxime. For, we're, we're very pleased. Yeah, very everyone pleased. was very pleased. <laughs> yeah. What oh, yes, uh, our usual thanks to the lovely people at Liam Paul, mm-hmm. our sponsors for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go see them next week, actually. I'm going down to Liam Paul Centre to do a variety of interviews. Oh, good uh, stuff. So, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you, of course, to our supporters on Patreon. Because yes. you're lovely, lovely people. Mm-hmm. And your contributions help to keep the, the Good Ship Fencing Podcast float. Yes. I have to say, if you're wondering why it's more echoey, we're, we're in my we're in my flat and all my stuff has been packed away because we're selling it. So, <laughs> Yeah, Gav, how selfish. Yeah. <laughs> You've ruined our sound quality. Yeah. So, so thoughtless. So anyway, on to some action. Uh, and I think we'll start with the Moscow Sabre Grand Prix. Okay. Which was, well, exciting for lots of reasons, to be honest. Okay. Let's start... Uh, let's start with the women's. Uh, so the big news here was the return of uh, Sofia Velikaya. Uh, ah, yes. The dominant women's superior in the run-up to the Rio Olympics. Mm-hmm. Took silver there, lost out to her young teammate, Yana Igorian, 15-14 oh, in the final. Right, yeah. uh, and hadn't been sin- seen since. But here she was, making a return mm-hmm. on, on home turf in Moscow. Do we know why she was off? No, I'm afraid I don't. If any of our listeners do know, please please get in touch because, well, I like to be much better informed than I am. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is our back to action. So obviously going in with no ranking at all, came smoothly through the pools and progressed. We'll, we'll come back to her. But let's talk about the early departures as we, as we usually do. And early departures, well, lots of Italians, basically. Galotta, Crisio, and Erigo. All out the 64, going out with Imura and Bezbez at that stage. Out the 32, uh, they play the most impressive fencer at the start of the season. Gregorio going out the 32, Manon Bruni going out, Anna Limbach of Germany mm-hmm. uh, going out there. And, uh, well, not quite the last of the Italians, but 
yet another one in, in Vecchi going out in the 32 as well. Right, okay. And the 16, uh, Bianca Pascu, Lembach, Charlotte Lembach mm-hmm. of France, and the aforementioned Yana Agorian also uh-huh. going out in the 16. So that made our quarterfinal lineup. It's Faya Velikaya mm-hmm. up against Lucia Martin Portuguese of Spain, who she gave a right thumping to. 15-8. Right. Is she the one that's really tiny? There's a Spanish surprise, really, really tiny. Yes, yeah, not huge. Yeah, who beat yeah. Gorian at uh, Leipzig. That's right, yes. Mm-hmm. The very one. Second quarter final, Kim Jeon of Korea uh, beat Cecilia Berda of France, 15 11, mm-hmm. really close right up to the finish. And then Kim ran away with it at the end. And another recent returner, Marios Gunis, mm-hmm. beating young Lisa Pustai. Pustai, yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, thank you. I'm all for these Hungarian names now. Fifteen ten. Uh, I've triumphed for experience. Watch, watch that fight, and I'm also I think thoroughly well managed. Maya will be quite a bit taller than her as well because she's quite small. No, she's she? not. She's not anymore. Oh right, okay. <laughs> You're remembering little Lisa from I mean almost no time ago. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, she's well, well, fair enough. Welcome to the big yeah. leagues. So but to be fair, I mean she's still only sixteen or something. Well, she might be really tall then. So yeah, <laughs> still time for her to be enormous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Marielle seeing off the seeing off the kids there, okay. and our last quarter final, Marton Ono, yes, previously pronounced as Anna Marton uh-huh. of Hungary, uh, beating Risi Tikashina of Japan. Uh, okay. which I must admit, I hadn't really heard of before. No, Quite, I've heard pre- of, pretty comfortably. I've heard of a couple of, couple of other ones, but not that, not her. Okay, yep. Yeah, so, so semi final time, Velakai against Kim. Kim, of course was Olympic champion in 2012? No, 2008, 2012. Can't remember. Oh, God, I'm not sure now. But she has been Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that had no impact at all whatsoever because Velikaya gave her an absolute pasting, 15-5. I mean, she went she went into the break 8-4 up and looking pretty comfortable at all that right, stage. Okay. But the second half was just an absolute rout. All right. Uh, Velikaya hit her with, well, just about everything, actually. Attacks from prep a lot, hit with attacks, hit with reposts, making the attack fall short, taking the mm-hmm. attack up. I mean, you know, whatever you want, it was all mm-hmm. there. It was all there. And for a fencer who's not been in competitive action for nearly two years, uh, that was really seriously impressive mm-hmm. against, you know, a world-class fencer. It made to look really, really ordinary. And because I'm a, a relative novice sabre watcher, I hadn't actually really seen a whole load of Velikaya fence. So to see her return, and being sort of vaguely aware of what, yeah. she's, what she's achieved in the past, the delight I had when Olga Carlan returned after a short mm-hmm. short break at the start of the first season after the after the Olympics, and I thought, yeah, that's fantastic. You know, another another big name back to test out the kids. Mm-hmm. Seeing Velikaya coming back and looking well, equally awesome to be honest, right? Was uh, yeah, a real eye opener for. It's it's quite interesting because you've got Zagunas coming back. Yep. And now you've got Velikaya back. Uh, I guess theoretically we've got old Carolyn coming back, although she's been back for a couple of tournaments now. Yeah. And yet the people who were dominant don't seem to be in the same league, if you know what I mean? It seems that they've just slotted back into where they were and not far off it, yeah. 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 I mean I'll talk about a little, a little bit about that actually once I've once I've got to the you know, oh, the end sorry. of okay. the end of all the sort of reporting mm-hmm. of things. But yeah, you're right, it is interesting that um guys who've been away for a while, mm-hmm. making the return who you know, continued after after the Olympics, took some time off, yeah. and then have reappeared again. You know, it's they're not all quite yet back at the very top of the rankings because mm-hmm. they've not all done a whole lot of competitions. But there's a lot of a lot of very familiar faces yeah. suddenly, 
know, hanging around at the end of these competitions. Mm. So on to the second semi-final. Uh, Marton against Sagunas. I mean, hoping for a... Oh, it's a bit harsh. An oldies. <laughs> an old, oldies final. My was not that old. No, it's true. Neither of them are, actually. Yeah. That's, that's terribly cruel. But, uh, I mean, as we're talking about, you know, guys who've been around for a long time at the top of the sport. Uh, well, Zagunas is from the start of Women's Series, you know? Or uh, just shortly close. after? Yeah, pretty close. Okay. Pretty much from the from the get-go. But I'm afraid Martin spoils the party. Uh, oh. <laughs> taking a 15-12 win. To be honest, I mean, Zagunas could have won it. She made plenty of opportunity for herself, but wasn't... Wasn't that smart in how she finished her attacks? Maybe a little too simple, rushed a little bit. All right, okay. Been just a little more patient in picking the open line. Uh, she might well have got there. I mean, Martin's mm-hmm. a tremendous defensive fencer, mm-hmm. probably probably the best in the world at the moment, and does have a really strong, consistent record. Mm. But yeah, it's not it's not far off for Marielle. Yeah, if we're looking for <laughs> for for all the big names in women's saber, or you know, all the big names who've been the big names for the last yeah ten years, uh, we're, we're getting pretty close. But well, we, we, well, Marton, this type, was, Marton taking the win this time. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But it was, um, I mean, it was, I mean, some great stuff. Yeah, some great stuff in that from uh, from both sides. And as I say, Marielle still still go back to it. I'm not sure. There's so many contenders now. So many contenders. I mean, that's why I find the women's saber so fascinating. It's because uh, lots of big names, interesting characters, mm-hmm. lots of stories, people coming back. Has, has a lot more personality to it, I think. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. So, on to the final. Vilakaya Marton. Vilakaya charge out to an early lead, 3 nothing up. And then Marton starts to find her, the range and her attacks a bit more. Levels it, levels it at 6-all. And then Vilakaya makes a great attack, actually, to finish off the first period to go in 8-7 up. Mm-hmm. So, really, really tight. All to play for. And really, it was all about the attacks in the second half. Mm-hmm. Trading hits. All level up to 12-all. And then three attacks on the bounce from Velakai to finish really? off. Okay. Yeah, I mean, really, really nicely done. Beautiful control of the distance mm-hmm. and the timing of it and picking the nice target. And it, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. So, as I said, a, a return a return of the Queen <laughs> uh, on, on home turf. I mean, yeah. the crowd went absolutely bananas as well when she won. Right. Uh, you know, a big, big home support. Apparently only been back in training for a couple of months after nearly two years out mm-hmm. and straight into win, win the final Grand Prix of the season. One thing to point out, no Olga Carlan. Yeah, so uh, maybe she's resting. This will be the. I'm not sure. This I'm is the sure last one sure. before the world, is it not? Uh, we still got the Europeans. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. You know the various zonal championships, yeah. but for for Carlan and Velikaya, I mean Velikaya's only done the one competition now. Oh, sorry, that's not true because women's Sabara still have one more World Cup. They have Tunis. All right. Okay. In a couple of weeks' time from from when we're recording. Uh, so they're the very last World Cup, last event right, okay. before the Zonal Championships. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Velikai is there. If Velikai just gets parachuted straight into the Russian team, mm-hmm. it's all it's all shaken up to be a really exciting end to the season with all all these returners. You know, you've got Sagunas, Velikai is back, Carlan's mm-hmm. reigning world champion. You've got Marton. Uh, you've got young Pustai. Pustai. Oh, yeah, that's fine. It's fine. You pulled it back. It's fine. Blit. And Bruni and Berder and Kim and you know mm. it's a really I think a really exciting time when we say but I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it. Good. Can you tell? I, I think I, I can tell. <laughs> I mean, I think but since things Tunis is going to be the one to watch because there's the there's, there's the last opportunity to earn some points and there's some uh, I was going to say some newbies, newbie oldies, oldies. How do you do that? Oldie newbies returners, returners, returners. 
Okay, yeah. from the wilderness. Uh, <laughs> you've, uh, you've got points to get, you know? Yeah, yeah. And likewise, I don't know what happens because I think the American team that's been picked for the World Championships, so at the point when it was picked, it seemed to be picked really early mm. and before Moscow. So does the Gunas make the team for the USA or, or no? I'm not sure. Well, it depends how they do it. I mean, if they do it like the men's foil teams off the rankings, yeah, including in case. we need to look at the American rankings to see exactly what's going yes, on. Yes, because it's not the same as the world rankings. Yeah. They have their, their, own, their own ranking list, including mm-hmm. domestic events. Um, so I don't know the answer to that one. Yeah. Uh, but I really hope she is because it'll make the, the world championships much, much more exciting if mm-hmm. she's there. Yeah, interesting. So on to the main. Early departures. Uh, no returners. That I'm aware of for this one. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> the golden oldies. But, um, but you know, still the usual star-studded cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so out in the 64, Kim Jong-wan and Aldo Montano. Out in the last 32, Max Hartung, Camilla Bragimov of Russia. Out in the 16, uh, Selaji, Apathy and Pactaman, which gives our quarter-final lineup. First quarter-final here was an absolute beauty, by the way. And if you're going to go and find... You know, a non a non medal match to go and fight uh, okay. to go and have a good look at to see some really high quality, exciting saber. Uh, is this one go against Anstead? All right, uh, Anstead looked to have it all the way through. Seemed mm-hmm. well in control of things. Goes comfortably down fourteen ten down. I mean, down the down the whole fight basically. Right, Anstead's, okay. Anstead's bossing it, and Goo is grimly hanging in there. Mm-hmm. And eventually close it back to get a victory 15-40. It's an absolute cracker of a fight. Second quarter final, Karatli against Daryl Homer. Reasonably comfortable win for Karatli. Certainly ran away with it at the end. I mean, you know, close up to probably up about halfway. And then uh, mm-hmm. Karatli found his, found his range. Matchup of two of the stars of the season, Usanguk against Eli Dershowitz, mm-hmm. was surprisingly kind of one-sided, really. Um, o winning at 15-8. Uh, I was quite looking forward to that as a as a fight as well, but it didn't didn't quite live up to its billing with all, all looking fairly comfortable in that one. All right. Uh, and the last of the quarterfinals are Iranian favourite Mushtaba Abedini, edging out Hansel Half Korea 15-14. Mm-hmm. Probably not the best of the quarterfinals, to be all honest. Right, okay. But um if you like you know, if you like it nail biting up to last minute, probably good for that. Oh, okay. Quality wise, yeah, not so much. All right. Not so much. So semi final, um semi final one, Kratley against Goo. Crassley sort of keeping Goo at bay, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to keep him keep him under under control, keep him keeping him suppressed, keeping him beaten down and, and just just about doing it. But towards the end of the first period, Goo's starting to find his range a little bit in the attacks and Goo goes into break eight six up. Uh but Crassley hanging hanging in there and uh levels it at ten all by by mixing up his attack and defence. Uh and eventually takes the lead with ice and ice tears supposed to go eleven ten up. Uh and then after that, takes really control of the fight and finishes right. it off pretty comfortably in the end. It looked like he'd, you know, hung on long enough to eventually kind of crack the code. All right. And, and finishes off with a, with a, in the end, you know, 15, 15 11s. All right. Okay. It's not, it's not edge of the, edge of your seat stuff and a, and a good win for Karnatali there. Second semi final, O against Aberdeen. Uh, again, Aberdeen trying to do a Karnatali and, you know, give himself a chance, keep, Keep hanging on, just just about manages, but but this one you never really feel that um, it's going to last forever. It's just you know how long is it going to take before oh eventually steamrollers them into submission. Right, really? no. um, I mean that's one of the things about watching O this season when he's been in good form. It's kind of hard to see how he can possibly lose. 
Right. Because uh, he's, he's so big, so powerful, he's really quick, he's got tremendous footwork, uh, he's got the athleticism that you associate with pretty much all the Korean superars, but in a kind of supersized form. Right. And when you put all that together, you just go, well, what's the answer to that? It's like one of those grab bag of quavers. It's got every, all, all that you want. <laughs> I'm sure you would be absolutely delighted with that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh, up at the break. 8-6 up, but um, pulls away comfortably in the second half right, to win okay. at 15-9. So... Yeah, like I say, it has a sort of mm-hmm. feel of inevitability about yeah, the whole okay. thing. So a final with Osanguk and Luca Karatli. I mean, Karatli's... How do you describe him? He's quite young, is he, Mom? Well, I was going to say, sort of, in terms of his style, he kind of has the physicality and power of a lot of the Koreans. Mm-hmm. So he looks quite a good match-up for this. And he, he mixes up well. He's got some some nice touches, so, you know, scores with things like a nice stop it around the wrist. And um, he's prepared to, uh, to take the fight at the middle of the piece fairly regularly. And he was trying to do that. He was trying to, trying to, you know, be prepared to to draw O's attacks right. out, but really struggling to to get much of a return on mm. that. Okay. Oh, well, O just looked, looked awesome to be, to yeah, be okay, honest. Eight, eight four up at the break and looked thoroughly in control. And really, in the end, just eased away to another another comfortable win. It was one really? of those ones again. It has a kind of. In his own good form, that sort of inevitability mm-hmm. about it, you know, <laughs> just he is the sort of terminator of of <laughs> men's saber at the moment. Well, he's 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 a big guy. Yeah. So Madrid was the following week, uh-huh. um, but at that point, Ode won two Grand Prix and one World Cup. Right. Okay. So, so. that's three three wins already, including mm-hmm. two of the Grand Prix. Yes. Yeah. That's big big performances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, from a, still a young offensive, I mean, I think he's only. 22 or something. Is he? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. No, he's just a kid. <laughs> so Rick. potentially you could have another 10 years of O and probably another, I don't know, half a dozen years of him getting better. As long as he doesn't wear himself out with all the stuff that he does. Uh, possibly, possibly. You know. But yeah, at the moment he looks just, yeah, he's just terrifying. Yeah. All right, okay. I'm scared of O. I don't fence Sabre. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to fence him. Uh, but just watching him fence mm-hmm. is, is a bit terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I lost. Where did the Silagi finish off? Oh, Silagi. Yeah, Silagi. Damn it! I was trying to get that so, one right as yeah, well. Yeah, you were trying so hard there. You went yeah. in sixteen. You oh, went right, in sixteen. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, w- I would say that at this stage, uh, O looks like favourite going into the World Championships. Think, okay. Yeah. Um, he's not quite top of the the world rankings. Gubon mm-hmm. uh, still hanging on to number one spot. Okay. But yeah, I would say that. Always the man at the moment. Okay. Always the man. So that is that was the saber from a Moscow. Oh right, okay. Which obviously I didn't watch any of, so I have nothing to, <laughs> nothing to add to that. Okay. But well, I think I'm going to stick with my grab bag of quavers. A grab bag of quavers. Which by the way is one right. of my favourite snacks. This is no, no in no way a denigration of anyone. I just love quavers. Right. So. <laughs> right. Please God, stop stop talking about quavers and, and tell me what <laughs> happened at the uh, the SNCF. Yeah. Uh, so we men's epi. Uh, so we um, we mentioned this briefly last time because I found an old disc of the Challenge Manal, which yes. is how it what it was for years, and uh, obviously now it's sponsored by the the French railway company. So uh, as usual, it's a, it was massive entry because it's an epi competition. Everybody wants to do epi. Uh, <laughs> Three hundred twenty-four. It's a lot of bodies. It's it? a lot of bodies, isn't it? You know, and you know. You look at a small tournament in the UK of 40 people and it feels like it takes all your lifetime to get through it. And these guys are getting through. It depends. Depends who's running it. Well, yeah, but like 300 in a day, that's uh, 
it's not bad, shall we say? Well, yeah. it's actually two days, but anyway, never mind. Should we talk about the uh, the early levers then? Yes, please. So going out, well, we won't we won't bother talking about anybody that went out in the the one two eight, but the sixty four. So there's a, there's a few names going out in the sixty four actually, and I guess the I suppose the first one that comes to my mind here is uh, Benny Stephan goes out in sixty four. Mm, yeah, he's struggled for form this year. I think he's, it's fair to say. I think so because, um, and I think he's been ill as well. Has he had he's not like glandular fever or something as well. Oh, has he? Yeah, there was something about that uh, on on social media, and I can't remember what it was. I thought he was injured. No, I think he was ill. He's just ill. Okay. Yep. Anyway, if you've got glandular fever, it's hard to get over that. So yes. our thoughts go out to uh, Benny there. Also going out in the 64, we have Kodos. He went out to finish his 40. My heart sinks, in, as I mentioned, the next one, Minobi. Sad face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kurbanov. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, again, these are, so it's like, so far, it's some big names. Redley. Uh, these guys are all, go- these are all in the last stages here. Park. Uh, Sam Young Park. Uh, our man, Yannick Burrell, <laughs> you know, uh, Jensen Jung. Oof. Yeah. 64 has been a disaster for you, so yeah. Yeah, yes, 64 is, and it gets worse. The 30, Mr. 33, Marco Ficera. Mr. Age of Your Seat. Exactly, exactly. So there's no heart attacks at the end of the uh, at the end uh, of the, probably, the table. It's probably good for your health. Yeah, yeah it's probably good for the health. Uh, only 32, uh, Yama, number 32. Oh, dear. Uh, so basically, all all the fences I love, they're all out. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you bother watching anymore after the last thirty two? Or uh, did you just go? That's enough of that. Yeah, exactly. That's enough of that. I've got other things I could be doing with my life. <laughs> uh, interesting. Diva Rowley's in, in this one. He finishes in the thirty two as well. That's good going for what sixteen year old, something like that. You know, yeah. Yeah. So look, uh, just finished. Well, he won the World Cadets. Yeah, I hope somebody gave him a clip around the Euro for uh, <laughs> cheeky young lad. Yeah, uh, also, if you're you scamp. <laughs> yeah, here have some toffee. Off you go. Uh, you know. Uh, also in the thirty-two, uh, Enrico Garozzo, Gascon Lamardo at seventeen. Uh, he's still going. You know, sometimes yeah. sometimes I see his name and I think, oh my god, he's still going. He's still there. He's still there. Yeah. Uh, nah, do you remember Nah? We mentioned him a couple of episodes ago. Of Korea. Oh yes, uh-huh. he made the last four at one of the one of the World Cups. Yeah, remember which one it was. Uh-huh. Yep. So, um, so I was a bit. I just saw his name on the on the on the results list, and then out in the sixteen uh, we have Koki Kano. He went out to Novozhilov. Okay, and it's worth watching that one because Kano is looks like a small child. Mm-hmm. Novozhilov is a unit. He's a big guy. He's a big yep. guy. Big square guy. But it actually goes. It's much closer than you think. So if you're a small person, what they say you find a big person, that's a good one to watch. Okay. okay. But, but obviously, Cameron uh, didn't make it out of that one. Uh, also out in the 16, uh, Jurent Heinzer. And that gives us our last eight lineup. Now, there's a couple of names in here which are gonna which are, are actually worth mentioning, if I'm honest. But we'll start we'll just we'll just go down through our, our last eights. Okay, so our first uh, our first last eight is Daniel Berta oh, of yes. Hungary. Hungary yeah. yeah, yeah, Hungary, young guy. Uh, he went up against an unknown guy called Bass for Wylan. Who? Who the hell is Bass, exactly? exactly. Uh, yeah, the name is vaguely familiar. Vaguely familiar. I actually looked up his results and uh, I, was sort of, I was sort of thinking about this and he's, Bass has been around for a while now. He's... There's my chicken. How old is he? 30, he's 34. 34? He's 34. Okay, I thought he was nearly my age because he's been around for so long now. But the, his first medal at World Championships was in 2004 Jeez. where he got a bronze. <laughs> And and That's, then he got yeah. silver in 2010, right. which is the one I was thinking of. Uh-huh. Right. Because uh, I actually thought he won that one. But anyway, it turns out he got the silver there. Yeah. Uh, so he's been around for, for a while, but he's only 34. Yeah. It's not that old, you know. Not in epi terms, anyway. That's no, a, a long and distinguished yeah. career. Yeah. And uh, in that, in, basically in that matchup, I would have put my money on Berta, actually, because uh, Bert's younger. Bass's results haven't been quite 
you know, what they perhaps could be. Uh, but Bass actually steamrolls them. It's 15-8. Oof, that's very comfortable. <laughs> it's quite yeah. comfortable. Uh, in the second uh, quarterfinal, we've got uh, Novozilov, uh up against... Uh, now, I can't pronounce this guy's first name. I'll give it a go. It's Byung Chan Jung, or Jung Byung Chan of Korea. Okay. And I've honestly I'd, lo- got, I'd love to help you out here, but... I've honestly got no idea. All I know wise. about uh, this Jung is that he is 23. Oh, okay. So he's a young guy. Baby. He hasn't had any sort of memorable results in the seniors that I can sort of that I can sort of find here. Uh, Novoselov basically is much more experienced, much more well-rounded defender. Uh, it's fifteen-six. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's straight, okay. over, so, straight over the top of him. Right. Uh, <laughs> so no, no nail biter so far. No, no. Oh, and uh, the next one's actually a bit much, much closer. We've got the the other park, Kyungdu Park, or sorry, Park Kyungdu, up against Andrea Santorelli. It's much closer. This one, uh, Kyungdu edges it out, and it's fifteen thirteen. Okay. Good fight uh, or not? Uh, I haven't actually watched this one, no, so I haven't any comment. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, but I'm kind of familiar with both those fences. I'm imagining it's close. Yeah, because uh, Santorelli's Santa is a, a tough competitor. He's a tough competitor. Never quite manages to pull it through, but you know he's good. He's so, not, not going to give anybody an easy fight though. No, exactly, fight, yeah. exactly. He's going to go down fighting. So I haven't actually. So I'm going to go back and watch this one actually. Okay. And this is another one which I haven't got around to watching. And it's uh, our final matchup is uh, Bogdan the Kitchen uh, against Curtis McDonald. Oh, the American. The American. Yeah, so we actually have an American in the last eight. That's a fantastic result for him, in fact. Yeah. Uh, When was the last time there was an American in the last eight? It's been a while. It's not not recent, I don't think. No. I mean, are we going back to uh, Seth's kind of, Seth Kelsey's time? Maybe. Really? Wow, that's. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I might be wrong. One of our American pals can correct me on that no one. No doubt they will. Um, again, I haven't watched this one, but it, uh, it does finish 15 10. So it's close. Close ish. Close ish. Uh, yeah. So I'd like, to, I'd like to go back and see it. So that gives us our, our, our matchup of the, the, the two two semi-finals. Uh, the first one is Bass versus uh, Novozilov. This is actually quite a good fight. Uh, one of the things that kind of struck me while I was watching it, and this goes back to my comment about it feels like Bass has been around forever, mm-hmm. um, is that Bass looks like he comes from a different time right. to Novozilov. Is that, I don't mean anything bad by that. It's just that there was a moment in sort of the, the early, mid-2000s where it looked like it was the most awkward epifencer was going to win. <laughs> Right. Okay. And Bass has that kind of style about him. So he's this big guy, big tall guy. Mm-hmm. Keeps he, he's got his wide stance. Keeps his hand quite far back, uh, which must be an absolute nightmare if you if you're trying to do anything, any sort of attacks on the blade or anything like yeah. that. But and it's a really close fight actually. Uh, so all in this fight, as I was saying, the, the Bass looks like he comes from sort of a, a slightly different sort of era. Mm-hmm. All the way through the match, though, Bass looked like he was outclassed. So Novozilov uh, by period three. Uh, Novozilov was uh, 12 eight up and it didn't look like Baz could handle Novozilov's timing and everything he tried just wasn't working Right. but having said that he, he suddenly pulls it back and it's 13-11 with 45 seconds to go uh, and it still looks like it's going to be Novozilov's time but uh-huh. it, the crowd's up everyone's kind of into it, Baz is into it as well Baz does one thing he hasn't done the entire match so far and he does a, this a nice simple step lunge Literally right. a step lunge from from the goal, from the goal line, and he hits uh, he hits Novozilov while he's tra- while he's searching. It's like a foil right. hit. All oh, right, okay. so he sticks his arm out. Novozilov sort of fishes around for this point, and uh, all, all that happens is the bass just disengages and hits. It's actually really lovely. And the commentators who are speaking who are speaking French, obviously, I'm not right. actually what they're going. They go mad. Yeah. At this point, they're <laughs> screaming and shouting. It's, it's absolutely lovely. Yeah. Uh, which is it's thirteen twelve, and there's only a few seconds left on the clock. They come in quite close and. Again, this whole exchange is worth watching. There's a lovely uh, sort of exchange of panier posts. All right. Novozilov 
uh, breaks for it, just get thinks obviously thinks, oh, I'm not, not, not dealing with this, I'm yeah. getting out of here, runs backwards down the piece and Bass chases him. But unfortunately for uh, for Bass, as he continues on with his attack, uh, Novoselov just hits him with a, basically sticks his arm out and hits him yeah. and runs backwards. And that loses, and there's only two seconds on the clock at this point. I mean, Bass gives it a good go. He just runs at him to yeah. see if he can get the hit. Because as you do, yeah. don't have much choice, but it's again, it's a classic. Closes his eye. Yes, yeah. He sticks his arm out and that's the end of that, that's basically. That, yeah. But it's actually it's actually a quality semi-final. And I think if I was going to watch any of the two semi-finals, I would, I'd probably go for that one. Right. Because the the other one, which is Nikishin versus uh, Kiondu Park, sorry, Park Kiondu, yeah. uh, is actually just kind of boring. Park doesn't have an answer to... So, but, but you're much more a fan of Nikishin than I am, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like his friends. He, he makes people work work for their hits. Yep, exactly. Uh, but Park doesn't really have an answer to the fact that that his opponent's just quite quite big compared to him, I think. Right, okay. And he's just he's constantly edged out, and it finishes fifteen eight, and there's oh, nothing okay, really memorable yeah, yeah. to kind of go over in it. Part can't really establish himself in it; he's just constantly trailing all the way through it, and it's quite a comfortable win at the end, and yeah. everything's a bit flat. If you know what I mean, we get to the end, yeah, it's a win, a straight, a straightforward, straightforward win. win. Shake hands onto the final. Uh, so we've got the final here, and we've got Nikishin versus Novoselov, hmm. and it's quite. Now, what's their combined age? Oh, I don't it's know. It's going to be a big 155 something. <laughs> I don't know. I think it may be a little high, but I mean, both of them must be. I think they're both 30. I think well, they're both 30 plus, yeah. yeah. 30, quite a lot more than 30, I think. I don't think the voice loves that, that old. I'd need to double check, all right? Okay. But it's a good fight. It's a good final, actually. Uh, so they're quite evenly matched because they're both. They're not similar. Oh, that's, that'd be the wrong way of putting it, but they both have a, a very similar way of going about their game, I think. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so uh, so Nikishin is, is much more forward, much more in, into your opponent, where and the voice love is sort of you know, more upright, works a little, a little bit harder to try and get the blade moving. Um, but their kind of approach is quite similar. Uh, and the actual finals, it's, it's, it's a really good one, actually. And it opens with a lovely gambit from the voice love, uh, and he, he flicks to wrist. He goes, he goes flicks to wrist, to yep. toe, to wrist again. None of that works. He just goes to infighting and, and clocks Nikishin. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. But it's actually very evenly matched in, the, in this sort of period. And it kind of, uh, the kitchen just basically edges it up. It goes 3-1. Novoselov pulls it back. It's 3-all. Um, and there's no passivity here. They're both constantly working at it. There's yeah. Pirate Post, all this kind of stuff. It looks like it's going to finish 3-all. And that sounds boring, but it's really not boring. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good first period. Uh, and I think, ah, well, I think I think maybe maybe at one point one of them's going to get up. But no, they, they, they go right down to the wire. Three seconds to go. And the kitchen scores with just a lovely toe hit. Right. So Novozhla, it's something that you haven't seen yet. Yeah. Novozhla steps in, Nikishin just goes for the toe, and that's, that's the end of yeah. that. Uh, and at that point, Novozhla just kind of shrugs his shoulder, and that's the end, <laughs> that's the end of that. Yeah. And we go into sort of into period two. Again, it starts off kind of sort of similar way, where it's, it's sort of like evenly matched. And what they, what they start off doing is they both come out and start flicking for each other's chest. It's very, very nice, actually. But eventually, Novozhla pulls it off, and it's even. Then after that, the scores just sort of kind of tick over. Uh, Novoselov goes you know, two ahead. Uh, it's six four, then eight six, and there's a nice attack and prep actually for Novoselov to go nine six up. And at this point, I was watching this thinking it's, it's all about variety here because Nikishin is, yeah, he likes to get in about it as, as on his opponent's attack. He likes to make 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 you work on your attack. Yeah. But Novoselov has a lot of answers to that, ah. and he, well, he just tries all sorts of uh, all sorts of different things. But so anyway, this period finishes nine six. And the Voshlov starts to do some stretching uh, in, in the break, and I was sort of starting to think that I was getting a bit nervous, thinking maybe it's all over uh, if, if he's got cramp or something like yeah. that. But anyway, uh, they come out again, but Nikishin changes, changes his tactics. 
he is he was attacking into the prep, but this time he goes on the attack and actually just starts. Right, go, yeah, he goes just yeah. goes for it. And he pulls it back to, to nine all. And after that it's a couple of doubles. And it's kind of like again, it's that kind of they're both trying the same thing constantly now. They're both attacking each other constantly. Right. So we get a couple of doubles. Novoselov manages to pick off. This is, I think, the hit which kind of tells you which way this is going to go. Novoselov just manages to pick up the timing, gets one ahead, right. and, and then and there's another fact. double. So we're up to kind of like, it's 13-12 actually. It's close. It's 13-12 yeah, at this point. Single yeah. hit, but yeah, it's a single hit. Late in the fight. Late in the fight. And this is epi, so people start to get a bit kind of sort of twitchy about this. Yeah. But the, the, the next hit is an absolute cracker. It's an absolute cracker. They've both been attacking at this point. I think the Christian decides, well, I'm going to make it look like I'm going to attack. And he holds it back just a touch as he, as he pressures Novoselov. But what happens is, is that uh, Novoselov gathers his blade, does a lovely flick, goes in for the chest and the light comes up. And I'm not entirely sure whether it was the flick hitting the hitting uh, Kishin's knee, because they were doing this oh, little right. uh-huh. knee and then finishing on the chest or just hits him in the chest. And even in the, the slow-mo, it's so quick, you can't tell. I'm sure where because the, the tip's so fast in it. Anyway, it's absolutely loving, lovely. It's 14-12. And at this point, it's, I think it's all over. And I'm right. Because because uh, <laughs> Nikishin pushes pushes again, but uh, Novoselov just closes his eyes, sticks his arm out, and that's it. It's all over. The job's done. And literally, that is yeah. what it looks like he does. And it's kind of like, the both shrug. Oh, well. That's, <laughs> that's that then, you know. But yeah, it's, uh, it's it was really, really good. And it's I think the final is well worth watching. Yeah. So I, I think... So I did. I did go and have a look at this, and I can't actually remember the numbers now. When I was pushing you about the uh, the age of the person, you looked at this in the lower right. stages. I think Novoselov and Nikishin are both. Well, I think Novoselov is getting close to forty. I think he's thirty-eight or something. Well, it's epic. You can go until bits and, fall off you. Yeah, absolutely. And and Nikishin only a couple of years younger. I I don't. Are you sure about that? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Because I don't remember Navosha being that old, or maybe it's just because I'm that old. <laughs> maybe, yeah. He, you looks, know? he looks terribly young because he's younger than you. Yeah, exactly. To you, but in fact, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's sorry sad, about that again. It's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Yeah, we're afraid so, yeah. yeah. Well, these kids in their 30s. <laughs> Coming over here and hitting with their amazing <laughs> stick lunges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, good tournament. Uh, good tournament. Well worth, well worth checking out. Right, so obviously there was a team event in Paris as well. There would be. And there were 34 teams. That's a lot of teams. It is a lot of teams. Interestingly, Vietnam were there. Anyway, in our last, let's have a look. If you look down through the list, sort of interesting uh, teams not to make it into the last 16. Japan mm-hmm. and Italy, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't make it in. Interestingly, USA did. So I need to, I'm not entirely sure what happened. Good, there. good weekend for USA, then. Yeah, I mean, so the. Obviously, with Curtis McDonald making the last day, team their team making the last sixteen. It's actually a bit of a step up for them. Oh, sorry, making the sixteen. Sorry, I thought you meant that they'd made the eight. Oh, oh sorry, no, 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 no. no, no. Uh, Switzerland did make the last eight. Right. Okay, uh, but they went out then, and also in the the last day uh, was France, who finished fifth. Ah, okay. Yeah, be. but our, our last four, our last four teams are uh, Israel, okay. Ukraine, Korea, and Hungary. Now, did Israel not do something good? I think at the last one, the last team one, they came. Uh, the last team one, they came fourth as well. Right. I'm just remember. I'm just. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think you are right. Am I right? Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yep. Uh, we need to double check that one. And Israel beat Switzerland actually forty five thirty one to make it in and make it into the semi final. So they're obviously having a good day there. Yeah. So anyway, our our, our finals are in our first semi final. It's uh, Korea versus Israel. Uh, Korea is obviously a much more experienced uh, team, I think. Uh, the Korean All Stars. Yeah. The Korean All Stars. They don't always fire very well as a team, though. No, they don't. They are a bit 
sort of up uh, and up and well, down. Well, it's epi. It's epi. Even in team stuff. <laughs> yeah. Who can who can be the most boring? That tends to be how, how you do it. I, I didn't say that. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Oh dear. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, Korea uh, win uh, wins over Israel quite comfortably, forty five thirty six. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, fairly yes. comfortable. That you know? is. In the other half, we've got uh, Hungary versus Ukraine. Uh, Hungary beat France forty two thirty nine to make the semi-finals, which is quite good. Okay, it's a narrow win. It's a narrow win. Yeah, that's a good win for Hungary. I would yeah, say. So Hungary's a good team. France is a good team. So their their fences are you know so I haven't watched that. I'm gonna to have to go back and watch mm-hmm. that one. Uh, and then the other the other last eight there we've got China versus Ukraine and uh, sounds like a thrill a minute. Haven't I? Yeah, I have my fears about this. Even when you said those teams, I thought then this isn't going to be great. Twenty four sixteen. Oof, no thanks. <laughs> it's going to be a bit of a struggle making me watch that one. Anyway, yeah. uh, the other semi final is Hungary versus Ukraine and it's a thrill a minute. Twenty three twenty one. Oh dear me. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm, you know, I'm quite glad I didn't watch any of this. Yeah. Does it get better? Uh, well, in our final uh, is obviously our, it's quite an interesting final because you've got Korea versus Hungary. Uh-huh. So you've that got, sounds more promising. It does sound promising, but you've got kind of like, uh, you've got the Korean All-Stars who can do their thing, essentially. And then you've got the sort of hun- Hungarian, how would you describe Hungarian fencing? Playmaking, I guess. Hmm, I don't know. Would, adjective. I, I don't know how would you describe it. It can be exciting. Yeah, but it's absolutely. much more about percentage, percentage hitting, I guess. I don't know. How would you describe it? Uh, I think it's pragmatic fencing. Pragmatic's a good word. Yeah. yeah. So you see what's happening in front of you, consider what was the best option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go with that, test it. If it doesn't work, you yeah. change. Mm-hmm. So tactically adaptable. Mm-hmm. I like to... Yeah, good yeah fair enough. So it's not it's not as kind of spontaneous and as exciting as the Korean, but it is interesting. Yeah. Anyway, it's a final, and uh, Hungary edges it uh, thirty to twenty nine. Okay, so yeah, previously when you've talked about Epi, particularly stuff that I've not watched, I've quite mm-hmm. often gone. That sounds great. I'm really looking forward to to going back and watching some of this. Well, t- uh, Teams is is pure Epi, so it's battle of spreadsheets. Yeah. Whoever can put the function in the right place, that they're going to win. Right, uh, I need to speak to somebody about this soon. <laughs> this is uh... loads of people say that I'm a bit harsh on the old team Epi. I, I usually get a message from somebody to say, "Do you want to like, be lighten up a little bit?" But no, nope. it's a it's a hard sell. It can be exciting, yeah. You know, absolutely, but, yeah, I've, seen, a... I've seen brilliant Epi team matches, mm-hmm. but this, you know, if you're if you're a neutral coming to the sport, that is not going to thrill you. I would say stick with stick with the individual if you're going to watch Epi. Yeah, I would definitely say that because. Even if you have to watch the odd boring match, that's fine because these days we just speed through them and get 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 over to get over and done with. But yeah. even in a team match, if we're speeding through it, it still feels like most of your life <laughs> to get to the end. Anyway, never mind. Your soul was gradually eroded. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. good win for Hungary, nonetheless. Yeah, uh, it is, yeah. Well, actually, well, actually, quite good for Korea to make the final as well. I think. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any time that Korea don't win, I feel slightly. Cheated. Dis- no, cheated. Dis- disappointed. You know, I feel that they should win. They should. Mm-hmm. I feel they should be the dominant team in, in men's epi. I think they do. But the thing is, the, the depth in men's epi is so, it's, it's so, it's so deep. <laughs> so, you know, brilliant. Yeah, well, yeah. It's a, a brilliant piece of um, imagery and conjuring the appropriate words to, yeah. to help you out there. Yeah. It, well, it, it's, it's like a mega pack of quavers. It's not just a grab pack. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It's a mega pack. It's like yeah, a, a you hungry, 20 Gav, if you yeah. had something you had anything for your dinner. Yeah, well. <laughs> you know, Quivers and the Breen. There's, there's quite there's quite a few Epius. The problem is there's quite a few Epius who can win. Yes. Uh, in yeah, Epi. Yeah. And that's that is the issue. There's the depth 
goes quite far down the table because any half decent episode in the day can can essentially make it to the end. It makes it really unpredictable. Yeah, the margins between yeah. winning and going out early are very yeah. small. So then in the individual, it can be really exciting because of that. But in the team event, that all gets equal, equalised out. Yeah, because across, across nine legs. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously the thing is, once a team has established its do- a dominance, it's really hard to come back from. Yeah. And what you need is uh, people who can really you know make massive plays mm-hmm. you know you have, to, you have to figure out who it is you're going to target your points on all that kind of stuff and it does come unfortunately down to a grind yeah to get it out anyway never mind we are where we are yep so it seems mm-hmm. can we move on to something more exciting then like <laughs> foil yeah right <laughs> fair enough then <laughs> to china <laughs> yes to china so uh the shanghai grand prix mm-hmm. uh, last foil event of the regular season for the, the various zonals in the world championships and we'll we'll start with the women's out in the last 64, I thought, well, you're going to be disappointed with this. Uh, Kiefer and Erigo both go out in the 64. I am the kiss of death to every fencer. Pretty uh, much, yeah. You should stop saying you like people because yeah. it just ruins their career. <laughs> in the same way me, that me interviewing them seems to have a disastrous effect when yeah. I you know, speak to them the day before the fence. Mm-hmm. That's not good either. Oh, well. Okay. Don't see these things. You won't wear interviews. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so onwards. Out in 32, uh Thibaut of France, ah. um, no, no real huge surprises after that. So the, the quarterfinals contain a fair, you know, a fair bit of familiarity. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. And Nicole Ross went in 16, actually. I'll take that back. All right. But 16 still not what I expect. I, I want them to be much higher up. Anyway. Yeah. So on to our, on to our quarterfinals. Um, surprise, surprise. Uh, Ina Deraglasova, there again, <laughs> uh, beats Inspire Bakri of Tunisia, 15-10. Well, actually, let me, let me try that again. See, it's not true. How did you get there? You know? Yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, another efficient. Excellent. Uh, and ultimately relatively comfortable win. Mm-hmm. Chai Song Oh of Korea uh, beats Leonie Ebert, 12-10. Mm-hmm. Did you watch this one? Uh, I watched some of it. All oh, right. <sighs> yeah. Is it as good as Team Epi? Well... <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't great, to be oh, honest. Okay. And there's another one that does a good 15 next as well. Uh, Ellen Harvey of Canada uh, beats Jackie uh, Dubrovich of the USA. Uh, All right, okay. A first uh, a first last eight for for Jackie. I'm not familiar with her. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, not, not one of the superstars of the USA team. Uh-huh. And I say a first, a first last eight. Okay. Uh, but this is also, um, that result means that Ellen Harvey gets on the podium for the first time. At senior level as well. Is it? Made, yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, slightly surprising. I, I yeah. was a, a little, a little taken aback by that as well. She's made three last eights this season at World Cups and Grand Prix. You sure she's not made a podium before? Yep. All right. Yep. I went and checked. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's definitely true. So that was a a twelve five win. Okay. So moving swiftly on, uh, the the last of the quarterfinals, Karen Miyawaki of Japan mm-hmm. puts out Elisa Volpe fifteen thirteen. Oh. So. Uh, Volpe's recent results after a you know a really promising start to the season and, and getting a win, mm-hmm. um, yeah, less less convincing last week. Well, and she would, you know, having got through to the eight and fencing against young Miyawaki, who I think her previous best result I think had been the last thirty two at senior level. Yeah, that'd be a disappointing result for for Volpe. Mm, I would say. I think so. Yeah, uh, but great for Miyawaki, who again is a, a first time a first time medalist. Well, I was going to say, it's not one of the Japanese fences that I'm familiar with. Uh, it's very young. It's only 21, I think. Oh, right. Okay. So, um, a, a youngster. So, that makes our semi-final lineup: Derek Lozova against Chai. And this was a really good scrap, actually. I enjoyed this. Chai 
making Derek Lazova fall short and then taking up the attack. Derek Lazova, you know, mixing things up, mm-hmm. attacking, defending, moving around well, testing, testing Chai out. Derek Lazova marginally up 5-3 up at the first break, but Chai levels at a 5-0 with a nice long attack uh, and then a ducking counter-attack. Uh, and Chai's, Chai's tiny, so I should point this out, I should have mentioned this earlier, uh, if you haven't seen her fencing before. And she takes the lead. Kind of surprisingly, because usually around this stage in the fight, Derek Lazova starting to, to work her opponent out and getting a grip on things. But Chai suddenly looks like she's kind of got the answer. She's got the same, to some degree, the same kind of uh, very active defence that Chipressa, Erica Chipressa. Yes. So that, that maybe seems to be a sort of consensus amongst the, the women's foil pack that this is your, you know, your best chance of, of messing Derek Lazova up. But levels, levels out to eat all. And again, you, you get that feeling that Derek Lazova just you know, starting to get control of things mm-hmm. and, you know, getting a, getting a handle on the fight. It gets a little bit scrappy uh, towards the end of the second period. But Chai just, just about hanging on to lead, uh, 10-8, 10-8 up at the end of the second period. Uh, but after the, after the break into the third period, uh, Derek Lazova starts to find the range with, uh, with her attacks. And that scores with a stop hit as well, which seems to be a bit of a, a sort of confidence breaker for Chai as well. Really? Oh. So it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't brilliant stuff from, from Derek Lazova, but, you know, she, she finds a way to get the win. Right, okay. Even when her fencing doesn't look like it's totally on song. Mm-hmm. She's smart. She's smart, She'll battle yeah. her way through it. She'll work out the, she'll find a solution to the problem. So does this mean you're warming to her a bit more? Uh, well, let's not get too carried away. But okay. Good, good day for China, nonetheless. Um, uh, she put out Derek Lazova in the 64. Uh, and, oh, she wow. put, and she put in Nicole Ross as well in the 16. So it's a... Solid day out then. A solid day out mm. and, and made Derek Lazova work, work. Yeah, well, that's good. Pretty hard. So second semi-final are, yeah, are novices at this level, if you like, uh, both in their, their first semi-final mm-hmm. at a Grand Prix or World Cup. So, you know, good good day for both of them already. And again, this is another another really enjoyable one. Real nip and tuck stuff. Harvey mm. 5-4 up at the first break. Neither fence has a you know, sort of particularly devastating attack. So it meant there was you know, lots of good defensive mm-hmm. work, lots of parry reposts, lots of counter reposts, lots of good movement. And yeah, an enjoyable fight from you know, two fences. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen Harvey Fence you know, a fair bit in the past. Uh, Mia Wacky, you know, a newer face. I think I'm pretty sure I have seen her fencing at something before. But yeah. On 23s maybe? I'm not sure what it was. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Mia Wacky really really going for the running attacks as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I say that attack's not devastating. It's not through a lack of effort or commitment or right. that other thing. I mean, but Harvey's got a really, really good defence as well. And it was good from both sides mm-hmm. and thoroughly enjoyable. Mia Wacky hitting, uh, not so much with attack, but hitting, hitting with remises. So she would do enough to, you know, be enough commitment on the attack to throw Harvey off balance a little bit, mm-hmm. which meant the, the remise was suddenly on. And uh, a nice riposte as well. So take a lead to the end of the second period at 8-6 up. Mm-hmm. That point, uh, I actually thought Mia Wacky was looking like she was getting control of the fight, but I think the break did, uh, did Harvey more good levels up at eight all. Then two really nice attacks from Miyawaki again. So he's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. seize the momentum again. It was a fight where the, um, the distance between the fences varied quite a lot. Right. Um, after the break. End to end stuff, so to speak. A lot, a lot of moving up and down, but actually distant relative to each other. So the, mm-hmm. you know, the gap between the, the fences changed. All right. Okay. Um, Miyawaki largely looked like she wanted a slightly shorter distance to make her running attacks more effective. Harvey looked like she wanted a bit more space, so when she took the parry, she had room to make the mm-hmm. repost. Mm-hmm. And it was a you know it was a struggle to see who was going to be able to yeah. impose their distance on the other one. 
and Har- Harvey actually ages into into a lead. She managed to find the the ranges on her the range on her attack a bit better and, and goes eleven uh, ten up. But then Miyawaki finishes fight really well. It's with attacks, reposts, mm-hmm. uh, and a final remise. All oh, right, okay, yeah, to take the fight fifteen thirteen. So five hits on the trot mm-hmm. uh, to finish the fight off. So really good win there and into the final against uh, Queen of Ocean Chavez, Derek Lazova. Okay, and. Uh, Miyawaki gives it a right good go. Uh, okay. At the start of the fight, it's it's pretty close. There goes over kind of pressing and probing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. A fencer she may not offence before or is relatively unfamiliar mm-hmm. with. Um, and try, sort of testing her out. Sneaks yeah, a little f- lead. Uh, let's figure this out, see what's going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So he gets a little lead. Miyawaki scores with a, with a few running attacks and you know, kind of jumps there goes over a little yeah. bit. Goes into the, uh, the first break, level at 4 all. Miyawaki actually gets ahead, goes 6-4 up. Right, okay. You think, oh, well, maybe, maybe. Uh, but then, no. no okay. <laughs> it's, it's all dinner goes over after that. 11 hits and on the trot to finish the fight. Uh, 15-6. Oh, 11 hits? Yeah, yeah. Utterly, utterly ruthless. Yeah, and again, hits, hits with attacks, hits with counter repost when an attacks doesn't land, hits with the odd stop hit as well. I mean, the, you know, the full works. I mean, what I've... When I said that I don't find Derek Lozova particularly exciting, mm. I think it's because there's n- nothing in our game that's a totally standout sort of feature feature hit. You know, nothing sort of trademark. There's nothing, that, very few hits that make you go, wow, that was just absolutely incredible. But she's super smart. Tactically, you know, right on the ball, works at her opponent. She moves really well. Determined with the attack. Mm. Adaptable. It's It's kind of the complete package. Yeah. Is I know it's it's very early to say this, but is this kind of a, a bit Sally type situation that we're in, where we've got a fencer who has figured out a way to fence which there's nobody around that really has an answer to? Is it too early for that? Well, obviously, I mean, I mean in some ways, Derogosova's style is more probably conventional than. Fitzali's was. Yeah, well, Fitzali always thought she was fencing with some kind of weird exploit. <laughs> That's the way I always look at it. So there's an exploit. It's like, this doesn't look great. How is she winning everything? You know? mm. Yeah. Okay. It's a hard one, isn't it? Derkosa hasn't won everything this year. Well, very close. But, she, but, but she, near she, enough. So that, that was the final women's foil event of the, of the regular season. Mm. Five World Cups, three Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's won all the Grand Prix. Yep. Uh, she didn't fence in the world, first World Cup of the season. That's she right. Didn't yeah. Fence in Cancun, mm-hmm. clearly objecting to their poor quality streaming, and said, "I'm not going to go." But we're with her on that. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and she won two of the four World Cups that she fenced in. So that's five out of seven events. Yeah. So she's lost twice, basically, mm-hmm. all year, and she won the World Championships last year. Yeah. How do you get that? She, and she won. And she won the Olympics the year before that, and the World Championships the year before that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's approaching that kind of. Like that kind of level. She wins all the time. I mean, yeah. last season I thought women's four was really interesting because you had uh, the sort of big three, if you like, of Derek Lasova, Kiefer, and there you go. Yep. This year, not so much. There's only one, really. Yeah. I think one of the problems that we went through with uh, with women's foil was that there was nobody that any, who could touch Fitzsally, and it killed off the game, I think, a little bit. It went through a sort of a fallow period when she was totally dominant. I couldn't stand it during that period. All right. I stopped watching. It was a, it was also a very a time when defensive women's foil was was, the, very was prevalent. Yeah, whereas that's not really the case anymore. No, it's all about the attack at the moment. Much more so, certainly. Mm. Yeah, 
So I think in terms of its style, it's a, it's still an exciting time in women's foil, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's been so dominated this season by Derek Zofa takes a little bit of edge of I'd like to see a few more options. On well, who might win. well, Lee, Nicole, if you're listening, you know, I'm going to be waving my, my US flag when you guys are on the, on the piece in the World Championships. Yeah. And certainly it's been a, a very disappointing season for Ariana Rigo. Yeah. Do you think she's, I mean, we haven't talked about this really this time around, but do you think she's doing too much with the Sabre as well? Certainly the last six months, she, I think she's barely got over 64 at either Sabre or Foil. And I, but, she's okay. such a talented fencer overall. You can't help feeling that, that that's kind of, I mean, who am I to say, but unacceptably poor. I mean, she'll be, she must be looking at that and going, that's terrible. Yeah. I, I should be winning stuff all the time. But there could be a sort of an element here of she's, she's trying to she's trying to do a lot in two different weapons. Yeah, absolutely. And this this is her only what she's only really done this for one year. No, second season. Yeah, but but really, I mean, properly for one year. No, second season. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know because it feels to me that this is the season where she, where we should. Be, mm, okay, what I was going to say was maybe maybe the progress happens in the following year, not this year. Is what I was going to say. Right. But you you you're much more. We should be seeing results now, not well. I, I think because it depends on her plan. Because if her plan is to do both in the Olympics, she probably she wants to be doing well next year. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because we're we're now less than a year away from the start of Olympic yeah, qualifying. So, yeah. So the next year is the one where she has to be very serious. So by the time Olympic qualifying starts, mm-hmm. she wants to be pretty sure of being in the Italian team at both weapons, right? Because okay. certainly they will both both teams will qualify mm-hmm. as as teams for the Olympics, right? Anyway, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yes, I mean, interesting times. I mean, it is a, it's been a sort of interesting sub, subplot throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go, watch in, in one way or another. Yeah. But second half of the season, the the watch has been pretty hard work because there's not been a lot of really good stuff happening. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Tricky one. Um, because, yeah, I think deep down we will we want her to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we want well, to go yeah. to the Olympics um, at, at two weapons just to show that it can be done. Also, the... the, the 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 hilarious outcome for me would be she really fails at foil and really succeeds at sabre. That would be actually hilarious. That would, that would delight you no end, wouldn't it? I'm a, I love a bit of satire and irony. I do. <laughs> so foilist turns turns the hand to sabre, finds it's easy and wins. Yeah, exactly. I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, cruel man. Mm. Yeah, cruel man. So on to the mains foil. Yes, early departures: Masialis, Kini, and Avila, all out in sixty four. <sighs> Reno World Champion Zerbchenko in the 32, and Fkoni, Grotso, Lepeshu, and Cheremisinov all out in the last 16. Mm. Lepeshu sort of tailed off at the back end of the season, isn't he? Uh, a little bit. I mean, 16's not, not disastrous. No, but I, yeah, okay. Right. I just, it just feels to me that he should be. I don't know if it's just because, because it becomes such a huge fan. But yeah, uh, you want to see him later in the competition. Exactly. Yeah. Should, we, should we make him last eight, sir, man? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so more surprising. Yeah, another 64 for uh, Alex Masialis. In previous years, he'd been super consistent. Mm. Uh, and the, the, even the idea of him going at a 64 was always almost unimaginable. Where it's happened at, at least twice this season. Can't hold that consistency up forever, though. At some point, it's got to break. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, he's had a win this season. And yeah, exactly. Been close to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll talk about where people are in the world rankings yep. uh, a mm-hmm. little later. Uh, so, a quarter final lineup Cassara against Meinhardt. A 15-12 win for, for the veteran Italian. Mm-hmm. Not literally a veteran, but you know. He's not that old. Into his 30s. 34. 34, yeah. apparently. Well-seasoned. 
That seasoned. Yeah. Is that better? Well seasoned is what I said. Well, oh dear. That doesn't <laughs> sound that good, actually. No, you probably wouldn't be happy with that. Cruz beat uh, Francisco Trani. All right, okay. Yeah, fifteen thirteen. One of the sort of slightly less known Italians, but he put out Garozzo in the in the sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so clearly having a very good day, but uh, Richard edges him out. Uh, Timur Safin beat uh, Carlos Yavador uh, with a stick, uh, 15-3. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but this idea of um, Safin just basically beating him up, it sounds quite... Yeah, it's, uh, 15-3 is never... That's never going to be one that's a good watch yeah. if you're on the losing side. No, no. And final quarter-final, uh, race in Bowden, out crazy Italian, Eduardo Luperi, 15-10. All right, okay. Uh, offence that he's had trouble with in the past, actually, so let's uh, mm-hmm. be glad to see him good. disposed of in the quarter-finals. Uh, so, semi-final, uh, number one, Richard Cruz against Andrea Cassara. Now, these guys have been bashing lumps out of each other for ever, more than yeah. more than 15 years. So. When, when they started, I think, um, I was probably still in nappies. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it, feels like it feels like a long time ago now, anyway. I certainly didn't have any grey hair then. <laughs> you know, I mean, the first time I saw them fence, was, uh, fence each other was in juniors. God, yeah, so... And they're they're both 34 now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a... Uh, a battle that's been going on a long time, and this was another absolutely tremendous. That's a good one. Yeah, it certainly was. Early on, both both fencers looking for the flick to chest. Casar mm-hmm. um, a left hander, obviously. Uh, Richard are a righty, and both both looking for this angle mm-hmm. flick across the across the target uh, with kind of mixed results. Casar was the one managed to to get the range and attacks a bit more, a little more controlled in this preparation and, and picking the target to finish off. I, and, I think we, we talked about this offline, but I felt that right at the start, Richard was feeding Casara too much of his hand. So he's, I felt like his arm, he was proceeding too much. His hand was too far in front of him. Right. As always fishing for, for Casara's blade a little bit. And I think it was that was playing into Casara's game where he was just like, I can find the range and flick from here. Just, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, certainly Casara, I thought, looked very composed early on in the fight. Oh, definitely. Thoroughly in control mm-hmm. of things. Uh, and he yeah stretched out a, a good lead, 7-3 up, one point. Yeah. Uh, nine six up by the break, mm-hmm. um, and uh, to be honest, at that point nine six looked like that was slightly flattering, flattering Richard. I feel yeah. uh, Castro looked well in control of things, mm-hmm. and it was really just how how well could Richard hang on and and wait for the yeah. hope, hope the tide would turn, and and Richard really really did it just by by scrapping away. He did. I think there's a couple of points in this match where uh, which played to Richard. So, where is that? So, because I was what? I, mean, I don't think I talked about anything before this, but it's 12 8 up at one point. Yeah, that's probably. Mm, no, 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 no. Is that skipping uh, too far? 11, 11, 11 8 up. 11 8 up, and there's the video replay, which yeah. fails, and there's a large gap. And I think at that point I was thinking, ah, you know, oh, Kasara, he's got he's got this one in the bag. Mm. But it, it, that I think definitely favoured Richard. It allowed him to get a m- bit more composed. Or I don't know if Stuart Mick was giving us some kind of hand signals or something like that, but what to do. <laughs> but, you know. Richard came out after that break as a different fencer. Right. And there was a moment there when, I uh, can't remember exactly what the setup was, but it finished with a lovely pickup in, uh, in Sixth and a flick from Richard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Castro makes a kind of running attack. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, Richard just picks, picks up, nails, him, up nails him on the shoulder and it's really lovely. Yeah. And at that point, you could, I was thinking, oh, Richard, Richard might be pulling this one back. A game changer. Now. Yeah, it's a game changing hit. Yeah. You know? Richard, yeah. Scrapped his way back into it to to level at eleven all, yeah. which once he didn't really really look that likely, and I, I still can't entirely work out how 
quite how he managed to get to that point in the fight. Well, I think he, as I say, it seems almost as a, a triumph of will rather than brilliant technique or tactics. It's the, well, they always say that when you get to that level, it's it's really the mind game that becomes the most important part. It's your ability to be resilient, dig in and find whatever the reserve is that you yeah. need. You know? Find a way. Find a way. Yeah. Solve the problem. Find a way. But yeah, so level, level's at 11 all. But then Caster takes control again to go to go 14 11 yep. up. Yeah. Oh, well. It's been exciting. It's Thanks, been, Richard. It has been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Caster's still looking in control. Yeah. Uh, as he did pretty much through, mm-hmm. through the fight. But more more battling stuff from Richard. Uh, a little more variety. Managed to take the initiative a bit more. Hit with a couple yeah. of attacks, which he'd, he'd not done, you know, a huge amount up to that point. Yeah. He'd been trying this sort of weird, sort of countering hit with Casaro, which wasn't really working very well. Yeah, kind of a, a variation on the flick to chest where he would push his hand across and try and block it. Yeah, exactly. And it hadn't been working particularly well. Yeah. And I think when he abandoned that, his chances went up a bit more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Field, failed with that one. Yeah, we'll try it a few more times. No, no, yeah. yeah. Okay, 14-11, yeah. maybe been that. Now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, but eventually the level's at a 14-0 and yeah. suddenly it's... Uh, it's quite it's quite interesting because the crowd at that point had been kind of flat and it wasn't until, I think we're in about 14, 12, you f- the crowd gets behind, swings behind Richard. Yeah. And, you get, might, and, might yeah, and there's actually a bit of atmosphere now. Yeah. And, and Richard gets excited as well. I mean, he's he's not normally a you know, massively animated fencer. No, no. Um, but he scores a hit. I think I think it is that 12th hit. Mm-hmm. And he's suddenly making like, a lot of noise. Yeah. Which is, yeah, as I say, unusual. Mm-hmm. And at 14, it was a proper scrappy, dirty hit. Uh, Caster goes for the attack. Richard parries, Casser virtually falls over. Mm-hmm. Richard misses with the misses with the repost. Casser is kind of staggering back, falling over, swiping his yeah. blade around. Richard has another go at him, misses, and eventually manages to grab the blade and and nail him with a hit. It was, I mean, the the image that I had was was a man chasing a big spider across the living room with a rolled up <laughs> newspaper. It was That's yeah. what it looked like, and eventually, eventually, eventually got him. yeah, eventually yeah. nailed him. So, actually, the, the, just to see before that, I think it was the thirteen fourteen hit, the, the, Richard, the hit that Richard got there. I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically, Casara threw it, and he knew he threw it at that point because uh, Richard hit my cap. What was the hit of thirteen fourteen? What did he hit him with again? It was one light. Can't remember. I anyway, was, was that not an attack and preparation at that? that point? Might have been attack and prep. But anyway. Kassara knew he'd made a mistake because he ri- ripped his mask off mm-hmm. and did the biggest, most Italian-looking eye roll I think I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> As if to say, oh my God, I'm such a dumbass. What did I do that for? <laughs> Again, you're, you're doing your best to to win over. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just I'm just interpreting what Kassara's body language is saying. I'm yeah. not actually saying this is this, this was anything bad. He's left-handed, he's Italian. Kassara used to be one of, well, probably still considered one of the greats. Oh, recent times, they're absolutely yeah. beautiful fencer. Yeah. So you know, just watching them do that whole kind of "Oh my god, what was I doing?" You know, <laughs> that, was, that was awful. Yeah, yeah, it happens to everyone. Yeah, exactly. So it's a relief to know that you know that happens. One of the, mm-hmm. one of the old time greats as mm-hmm. well. Uh, so in the second semi final, uh, Safin against Imboden. Yeah, kind of contrasting fencer Safin's sort of super high speed attacks, yeah. uh-huh. attack remise mm-hmm. pretty much most of the time. Uh, got really sharp Carter post. Imboden much more relaxed, more fluent, longer in his attacks, mm-hmm. and that sort of contrasting style. But you know, both both were good defence though, and it was that kind of sort of competing, you know, contrasting styles, kind of competing with I'd see which one would get mm-hmm. the, would get the upper hand. And for most of the fight, it was it was level pegging. You know, the fight mm-hmm. level at like, level at eight all. Nobody really really dominating. Yeah, 
both both looking to impose their game on the other one. Mm-hmm. Neither of them quite quite managing to do that. But then Safin makes a sort of decisive break. I felt at that point to go to go ten eight up, and I I really felt that, that that sort of suddenly became a big gap. Right, and it turned into you know a twelve nine lead at the first break. Okay, so three hits up, quite close to the end. Edmonton kind of struggling with really with the pace of of the the Safin attack. Mm-hmm. Because when he goes for it, he really, really goes for it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't hit you with the attack, you're under so much pressure mm-hmm. that the remise is a, almost always a viable option for him. Yeah. Okay. But then I think what actually really was the one that clinched it in the in the second period is when Safin hits him with a stop hit. Now, Safin's quite a bit shorter than Imboden. And if you get picked off with a stop hit mm-hmm. and can't reach with your attack... yeah. It's a sign that your timing's just a little bit off. And that's really kind of how Imboden looked in this fight. Mm-hmm. Knew what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. but couldn't couldn't quite find the, the distance and timing to get it quite right. So in the end, uh, Safin takes the win 15-10. On to the final. Cruz Safin. Mm, interesting. Yeah, repeat of the bronze medal fight from the Olympics. That's right, yeah. Uh, the fight gets off to a great start with an early, early yellow card for, uh, <laughs> for Safin when he goes for his running attack. Runs straight into Richard and bounces yeah. off, yeah, and wipes himself out and gets oh, a yellow card for his troubles. Yeah, exactly. He's quite a bit smaller than Richard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. It was so yeah, a good uh, uh, off to off to a good start uh, from a British point of view, certainly. Yeah. So the fight fight mostly consisted of uh, Safin doing the pressing and looking for the moment to launch launch his kind of running attack, and Richard seemingly quite happy for the most part to spend quite a bit of time on his back line mm-hmm. and kind of good. Good Safin into into going for it. I mean, he would break it occasionally. Yeah, and occasionally he would make uh, he would draw Safin's attack out and make it fall mm-hmm. short, and then take take the attack up himself. But yeah, Safin looked to be getting a bit of success with this this running attack and keeping keeping pressing and opens up a up a narrow lead six four up. But then Richard Richard levels it uh, with an attack and a counter repost, yep. and then takes the lead. So you know, a sort of four hit swing from being six four down to being. Uh, eight six up, and I really felt at that point that uh, Richard could sort of continue to be aggressive mm-hmm. without you know, without going mad. Yeah, uh, that looked like his best option, but he he couldn't quite seem to sustain that. He never quite quite yeah. trusted himself to do yeah. it. I didn't, and he was also think. doing that sort of like you see, you're bait, he was baiting Safin, mm-hmm. and it was that thing where he was kind of dodging out of the way, so he'd bait Safin, Safin would charge. Yeah. And, uh, and Richard would be, exactly, and Richard would just step aside and pull pull a blanket out from in front of him, you yeah. know, and then try and nail him as he was going past, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a sort of fair, yeah, a fair point. Yeah. Again, it was another fight where I don't know. Maybe I've become <laughs> sort of some kind of terrible pessimist, but it, it did always feel like Richard was kind of hanging on. Yeah, even though he was winning. Do you think that's yeah. fair? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Is that just me? Am I a complete warrior here? Yeah, I think you are. But I think it's. A, I don't know. No, just you're sort of delicately okay. poised, and, uh-huh. Uh-huh. clutching at your pearls and all that stuff. Maybe. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my beating heart. Yeah. So Safin forcing again and levels at a nine all at the end of the first at the first break, mm-hmm. and more of the same in the second period, uh, with Safin doing the pushing, Richard uh, looking to mix up. Yeah. yeah so sort of stop blocking stop hits mm-hmm. and cart post to. Uh, sort of shoulder and flank, you know, sort of swooping, yeah, across, yeah, yeah. swooping across the parry. But yeah, Safin, Safin having more success with the attacks or, or the remise to mm-hmm. go thirteen eleven up, and then yeah, more more battling from Richard. Yeah, which uh, when we've seen Richard win recently, and I'll 
I mentioned again how <laughs> how much there has been of that. You know, he won he won Havana at the end of the twenty sixteen season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won Shanghai last year. He won Cairo at the beginning of this yes. season. And on all those occasions, he's when I've been watching him, I thought uh, this is a man in in sublime form. Yeah, and winning and beating the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, I never felt like that watching him. It was always a day where it looked like it was bloody hard work. Yeah. <laughs> but, but interestingly, I mean, we've got to the end of the fight yet. No. No, okay. No. So he's 13-11 down. Yeah. And again, my feeling was this, you know, <laughs> this is this is going to be hard going to get this back. Mm-hmm. But he scores, scores one attack on prep to level it at 13-0, gets another one. Had he scored an attack on prep at that point? I was yeah. just thinking back. Had he done that? Oh, up to then, no. No, because it was something new. He pulled something new out yeah. for that one. Yeah. Found, found the timing. Mm-hmm. Picked the moment to do it. And then and then another to go 14-11. And then to finish it off, Safin attacks into a closed line. Yeah. It's like, woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Cheap hit. Exactly. <laughs> Cheap hit to finish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Richard hits with the repost to take uh, what felt like a, I don't, I don't know about him, but it felt thoroughly hard fought. Yeah. Uh, 15-13 win. And oh, to, oh. to retain his Shanghai Grand Prix title is a fantastic achievement. What I thought was interesting, though, was the fact that um, he looked much more ecstatic to have beaten Kassara than he did to beat Safin. At the end of Safin, there was much, so, much more kind of, there was a bit of whooping, but it was more like, phew, rather than, <laughs> yes, I've won, great, I am the, I am the best sort of thing. Well, like I say, uh, Richard and, and Kassara have been doing this for a very long time. True. In recent years, Richard has largely had the upper hand mm-hmm. earlier on in their careers that that wasn't the case yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, certainly over the last yeah, probably four years or so, which, right. has, which has largely had the upper hand. Mm-hmm. But this was a yeah one where you really had to, to dig deep to get mm-hmm. the win. That makes so, it feel feel a bit more, des- but the word doesn't deserve, but reward more rewarding to get to in the some end ways. Of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, previous previous wins, he's just looked like a man in sublime form, yeah. uh, sweeping all before him. Yeah, this was looked much more of a, a struggle, and the fact and the fact that you can get a win while. In my view, anyway, not fencing at your absolute best. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's good. A really positive thing. Yeah. Wins yeah. a win, Sean. Wins yeah. a win. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, that is the seventh um, World Cup or Grand Prix we win. Mm. So, that's a, that's become a very, very decent record. And there hasn't been a, another British fencer with a record of that no, in the modern like, era? No, no. Not even close. Yeah. And interestingly, uh, Richard is the only fencer this season in men's foil to have won more than one event. Because he won Cairo at the beginning of the Is that year. Right? Yep. That doesn't feel right. I feel it should be somebody else. Nope. All right. Well, congratulations, Richard. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So, what I now always do, because I can say that now that I always do it, now that we've been talking that, it's another, another glorious victory for Richard Cruz. Mm. Um, and when I come to do the editing, I will, of course, play God Save the Queen uh, <sighs> underneath. Well, I do the editing gaff, so that's that's the power that I have. Um, Can you pick something like a better tune? Something about. <laughs> well, it's it it's not appropriate, but the Russian the Russian national anthem is way better. Yeah, see, I like the Italian one. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's good. The yeah. French, yeah. Marseille, but none of them good. one. Yeah. So what we're going to have under this little discussion <sighs> is the British national anthem, because I do the editing, and this is well, we'll discuss it a little a little more later. A benign dictatorship. Relatively, okay. Mind dictatorship. Okay. So, congratulations to Richard. Um, he is one of the people that I'll be speaking to uh, when I'm down at the Liverpool Centre uh, next week. So, I'll uh, I'll pass on your congratulations. <laughs>
<laughs> Last order of business. Well, almost. Oh. Um, at this point, probably what I should be talking about is the Men's Sable World Cup from Madrid. Yes. But in the ton of other stuff that I've had to watch uh, in order to speak about it with any sort of conviction or knowledge at all, mm-hmm. um, I haven't actually got around to watching any of the stuff from Madrid yet. Mm-hmm. So we will cover that, I promise you. Next time. Next time round. Yeah. And be fair, Sabbies, we have and we have talked about Moscow at, at reasonable length. Yes. I'm, I'll try and watch some Madrid as well. Yeah. Because uh, we are getting to the reasonably close to the end of the season. Probably before this episode comes out, the final Grand Prix of the season, the Epi one from Cali in Colombia, uh, will have happened. Yes. Uh-huh. And then the following weekend, we have the final World Cup of the season, Women's Sabre from Tunis. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we'll be on to the Zonal Championships. Yep. And then a short break, and then the World Championships, mm-hmm. I think. Which we may or may not be able to watch. You can't get all the Zonals. Uh, no, some... Europeans, yes. Definitely. The, re- the rest, I'm not so sure about Uh Asian ones are usually pretty available. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. And the Pan American ones, it kind of depends on where they're happening. I'm not sure where they're I'm happening. I'm not going to watch the Pan Americans, though. It's a bit of a one sided affair, in my opinion. Uh, certainly in some weapons, yeah. Mm. It, it lacks a little bit. Although, having said that, women's saber might be quite interesting. You've got Mexico. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Uh, and we'll see if, well, we'll see if Marielle has been picked as well. Mm-hmm, the other interesting thing of that mm-hmm. comeback continues at the. Zonal and World Championships. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope so. Yeah, so coolest fencer on the planet. Last time out, uh, we did a, a Twitter poll, which I think, what, would you say that was a, a success? It was a success. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I've been trying to sort of keep the Twitter account a bit more alive recently. So uh-huh. it, was, it, had, it gave me something to do, essentially. <laughs> it's quite quite a work at the moment, by any chance. Yeah. Maybe, I, mean, I, have to work, I have to work on the work on what we can do there. But yes. Yeah. So I suppose contenders for... Coolest fencer on the planet this time round. Mm-hmm. Sophia Velikaya. Mm-hmm. Comes back. After nearly a two-year absence. Yep. Sweeps all in front of her, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Returning returning hero. Mm-hmm. In the Dairo Glasova, winning... Yet another event. Yet another event. Although it has a sort, of, a sort of a feeling of inevitability about it. Yes, uh, Dairo Glasova wins again. Yeah, it's not exactly cool. But anyway, never mind. <laughs> so what, winning all the time is not cool. I don't know. Is it not? Well, it's a benign dictatorship, you keep telling me. It's, yeah, not, okay. it's not a democracy, is it? You yeah, know? fair enough. All right. So, sorry, you know, still no Novoselov? Uh, I think Novoselov, because uh, he looked amazing, and it's hard to see anybody else who could have basically got to the final in that particular event. Although, having Bass, I was sort of thinking about this while we are talking, Bass, I don't know when the last time, when was the last time Bass was anywhere near a podium? It's been a while. I'd have to double check I'm that. I'm not sure, yeah. He's been down in... Certainly this year he's been no, hasn't been threatening at all. Uh-huh. So last year, year before, um, two years. Yeah, I'm not sure last season either. Yeah, been a while. I think he struggled with a couple of injuries too. Right. Uh, I might be. I remember knees. I think it was something okay, like that. Could be. So there's been a couple of years at least. I think. Right. Anyway, he's not as old as he's not as old as we think he is either. He's 34. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw in Baz just as a wild card. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, and of course, uh, Richard Cruz. Mm-hmm. Do we want to open this up to the water sphere to decide, or do we want to become, uh, for this episode at least, a benign dictatorship again? Well, uh, we could do both. We could have our our version and their version. Does that does not really work. Nah. All right. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll have Richard this time then, and then we'll do a public vote for the rest of them. Although. Someone's about to say something. Well, they can if they want. 
Okay. <laughs> and they are welcome to share their opinion, which okay. we will naturally value. Mm-hmm. So if you want to uh, hurl abuse at us for uh, yep. abusing the power of producing our own podcast mm-hmm. uh, and choosing Richard Cruz as the coolest fencer on the planet, uh-huh. uh, which I will uh, I will let him know on, on Wednesday when I see him okay. that he is, in fact, the coolest fencer on the planet. We have to get a picture of Richard wearing a crown. If I can fit it in my hand luggage, I will bring it. Right. I will take it down to uh-huh. down to Liam Paul Centre with me, okay. and uh, I will get an appropriate picture. If not, it may have to be I don't know, a paper one or something. Okay. Okay. But I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, so yeah, if you want to hurl abuse at us for our benign dictatorship, mm-hmm. uh, we we may block you, of course. No, we probably won't. <laughs> but we uh, on Twitter we are uh, fencing podcast. We are at fencing podcast. On Instagram, we are uh, uh, the Fencing the Podcast. Fencing yeah, uh, the Fencing Podcast on Facebook. Yep, uh, and you can email us at thefencingpodcast at gmail dot com, mm-hmm. uh, and you can visit our website as well, which yeah, is thefencingpodcast.com. So I think that is us until the ne- next time. Yep. We will have, as I say, the final Epic Grand Prix this season from Cali and Colombia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will promise to catch up on my main sable watching from Madrid. I'll, tr- I'll, tr- I'll chip in with that one too. Uh, and we will have the final Women's Sabre World Cup uh, rounding off the World Cup and Grand Prix season mm-hmm. uh, before we head into the various zonal championships. Cool. And I will have done absolute ton of interviews because as well as my my visit to the Paul Centre, mm-hmm. uh, I have a couple of Skype ones to do as well. Yeah. So we may actually slip in the old interview-only yeah. uh, episodes yeah. um, in or in there. Because mm-hmm. as I say, uh, having done hardly any interviews for most of the season, um, I've got a certain flurry of them oh. in the course of the next week. Yeah. Uh, all of which I'm really looking forward to. So they should be good, hopefully. Good. So that's us done for this time. It's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Mm-hmm.